You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. of the Lord. Amen. We welcome all of our guests this morning, everyone in person or online this morning. We're so glad you're with us at Mission Point today. We're so glad you've joined us for service, and uh, we're, uh, we're, we're glad to have the presence of the Lord here, and uh, when His presence is here and you're here, anything's possible, and so we thank the Lord for that. Amen. We've had a, a great week. Lots of things that have happened over the last week. We just finished our camp last weekend. And uh, what a powerful camp meeting we had on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Dr. Hughes ministering the word of the Lord in the mornings. And Brother Graham at night. And what a wonderful presence of the Lord was in those services. Amen. We have people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. And uh, we thank God for that. Amen. And uh, this week we got to go on Friday to Miller Lake for their camp meeting and be there for the day, come back uh, late uh, Friday night, and we had a great time there in their camp meeting as well. God is moving throughout our country and around the world, and so we thank God for that. Amen. Are you thankful for that? Yeah. Thank the Lord. Amen. We're going to go into the word of the Lord this morning. You have your Bibles, turn with me if you would to Luke chapter 11. I want to talk to you this morning about people in need. People in need. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter 11 and verse 5. I have a few scriptures to read here, but it's important to get the context. And he, verse 5 says, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is, or in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the, doors, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto thee, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asked a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them 
that ask him. And this is um, a passage of scripture that the, the Lord is sharing with his disciples. And you have to know the context of what is being given here and when it's being given. So if you go back to the very beginning of the chapter, you'll see where the disciples have asked the Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And uh, Jesus, uh, you see there, teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And then he goes directly into this unusual story um, of, of telling them about a friend who has someone in need. And then he ends the story with, ask, seek, and knock. This all starts with the Lord teaching them how to pray. Now, when you think of the idea of being taught how to pray, um, you're not thinking about someone coming late at night to your house for bread. Is that your first thought? No, it's not our first thought. Um, uh, he comes, the Bible says, at the midnight hour. And listen, if someone was traveling at that hour during that time period, he was lost. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, you know, I'm going to try to get as many miles in as I can tonight. No, no, he's lost. He has, he has um, uh, no idea where he is. He's been traveling at this hour. And in the, uh, of course, when we think about uh, what it represents to us today in 2023, when the scripture talks about the midnight hour, it's speaking also about those who are lost. And so this morning I want to talk to you from this topic people in need. See, the friend was knocking, saying, help me feed my lost friend. But the man's family that was in the house was comfortable. The Bible tells us. He said, listen, my door's already shut. My family and I are in bed. You have to understand that the bed was part of the door. And so, their family's already in bed. It's, this is going to be an inconvenience to get up. And the guy is knocking. And he said, um, I, I, I need to have something for my friend who is lost. Um, I, you know, his response is, I, it's not something for me. It's something for my friend. And he he continues to bother the man until the man is willing to open the door and let him in and to give him three loaves to feed his friend. It's, it's not the fault of the man who's knocking that his friend got lost. It's not the fault of the family who's comfortable that the man got lost. But there is somebody that's in need. And sometimes when people are in need, it forces us out of our comfort zone. Church, I'm going to talk to you as a pastor this morning. 
If we're not careful, we can get so comfortable that we don't see people in need. People who are needing, struggling, discouraged, people who are needing encouragement. Is it possible that someone is knocking, maybe not at your physical door, but at your heart's door, of someone who's in need, and if we're not careful, we become too comfortable in our situation. See, Jonah had a similar issue. The world was praying while the church was sleeping. There was a whole city that wanted a preacher, but there was a preacher who didn't want to go. And God takes Jonah on a, a quite a journey before he gives in and says, you know what, I'm going to give up my comfort zone. Well, I'll tell you what, when you're in the belly of a whale for three days, uh, you probably, you're probably thinking, you know what, I'm willing to give up my comfort zone. I, I, I think I've changed my mind, God. And up onto the shore comes Jonah, and, and Jonah goes to a city of people he doesn't even like. And I've told you the background of that before, shared that with you before. The Ninevites had done terrible things to God's people, and they would hang dead bodies along the road. And, and when God's people would see them, they would have to go through all the cleansing ceremonies. And that, that God, the, the Israelites didn't like the Ninevites. They did terrible things to them. But God wanted Jonah to go because there was a city that needed God, a, a city that was in need. And, and finally, Jonah decides, I'm, I'm going to respond. And he goes, and, and the Bible says everybody in the city responded to Jonah's preaching. And Jonah didn't even get, I mean, he was upset about that. You can read it in chapter 4. He's, he's upset that the people actually responded after he responded to people in need. Folks, this is, this, I'm, I'm only sharing with you Bible. Our, our people haven't changed. People haven't changed. If we're not careful, we fall into the same trap. Here in 2023, there are people who are in need. And the church better not put up a sign, do not disturb Are you hearing me this morning? When you see someone coming, you don't change it from open to closed. All right, I'm just going to give it to you anyway. Do not disturb signs are not allowed. No, we've got people in desperate situations, and we've got people that are struggling in our city. And we got people living on the streets. And you can, you can make all kinds of comments and all kinds of uh, uh, statements or whatever. We got people in need. We got people that are young, that are dying because of overdose. We've got people that are taking their own life because they got no help and they got no hope. And the church better not have a do not disturb sign. God, stir us. Stir us in our own pew. 
stir us in our own seat. Say, Pastor, you seem to get on this topic quite a bit. Well, there's some things in our in ourself that has to change. Because if we're the delivery people for the bread of God, if we don't deliver, God will find someone to deliver. Because he cares about the hungry. And it can't be, well, you know, it doesn't benefit me. That's selfish. That's wrong. The Bible says, look on the field. Let down your nets. The lost are at the door. It's got to be that we are pushed out of our comfort zone because people are in need. When was it that you were in need? When was it that someone was praying for you? When was it that someone was willing to take the time for you? When was it that someone stood with you in an altar and prayed as God touched your life? When was it that someone gave up of their own personal comfort and time to help you? See, thankfully, this wasn't the attitude of the man in Jesus' parable. And I know his first thought was, you know what? Man, we just got the bed. Now, I, let, let me stop here. Let me add a little. This is not in my notes, but I just thought of it. See, right now, we've got four grandkids at our house. Four of them. And uh, let me tell you, when the youngest one, it's time for bed, he goes to bed. The last thing I want is the other three being too noisy to wake him up. Because let me tell you, if he gets a half hour power snooze or a 40 minute power snooze, you're up till midnight. This is. This is not a joke. So the last thing I want is those other three. Okay, guys, inside voices. You ever hear this thing? Inside voices. They get excited. Whoa, just calm down. Anderson's sleeping. You know what? We don't want to wake Anderson. Because if we wake Anderson, we're all going to be up. So you can imagine. Just think about it. The man says, you know what? We just got the kids in bed. You know what? We got the kids in bed. They're down for the night. The last thing we want to do is get out of this bed, force the kids out because it's part of the door, to open the door to give you bread. And you see a little bit in that in Scripture. He just said, listen, we've shut the door and we are in bed. But the man says, listen. I, I, I need something for my friend. He's, he's in need. He's in need. And the Bible doesn't say that the, the man inside ignored him. The Bible doesn't say that the man said, you know, go to someone else's house who doesn't have kids. Go to someone else's house that's still up. No, he doesn't say any of that. He gets up. Because there's a person in need. And out of the comfort zone 
came the man in Jesus' parable. And he got up out of that comfort zone because somebody had a need. You ever felt like you're trying to find God in a dysfunctional church? There's a lot of dysfunction in religion today. There's a lot of dysfunction in churches today. Because if we're not careful, we're selfish. You say, Pastor, you're supposed to be nice to us. I'm just going to preach to you the word. If we're not careful, we can become selfish. Well, you know what? I know God, and I'm glad I know God, and I'm going to serve God. And, 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 and folks, if we're not careful, we ignore the people in need still. And Jesus, he shares this parable. And it kind of comes back to us in North America today. Yes, we have the good news. We've got the gospel. But it's got to reach way beyond ourselves. Yes, we've got bread, but we've got to be excited that we've got bread. And concerned about the ones in need. Because if we're not careful, we become overfed, sleepy, and comfortable. And that can become tragic and we become dysfunctional saints in an apostolic church. Man, it's quiet in here this morning. I asked you, I challenge you, what's the opportunity this morning? When was the event this week that you stepped out of your comfort zone to reach someone who was in need? Okay, well, let's, let's read some scripture. 1 Samuel 22. Now, we know that David was a shepherd. Folks, are, is anyone awake this morning? <laughs> David was a shepherd. Okay, yeah, okay. And shepherds have flocks. They look after flocks. He was a shepherd of sheep. He had sheep in his flock. But I, I, want you, I want you to notice this scripture. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. David therefore departed thence, escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became captain over them, and they were with him about 400 men. Okay, David was a shepherd. God called him to lead because he had a shepherd's heart. But can you, can you see in this scripture who God sent to him? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the people that had it all together. It wasn't the people that said, you know what? We're, we're, I mean, we've got it. We've got it. It wasn't the people that was feeling great. It wasn't the people that was content. The Bible says he sent the people that were diseased and he sent the people that were discontented. And he became the captain over them. 400 people that were in need. There's no such thing as good sinners. 
There's no such thing in our world today as people that's got it all together that don't have God. They may look like it on the outside, but they are people in need. And folks, the church has to come to the challenge in 2023 that the people God puts in your pathway may not have it all together. They may not have it all figured out. They may not have family and they may not have friends. And they may not have their life structured. The Bible says that he even sent the people to David who were in debt. Your bank account's low. Go to David. <laughs> Listen, folks, that's, you can see it all through Scripture. Listen, God's after everybody. Don't get me wrong. But go after the people that nobody wants, and God will give you the people everybody wants. Did you hear what I said? Go after the people that nobody wants, and God will give you the people everybody wants. People in need. And that's who God sent to David. David, I want you to lead. Uh, Here's the people you're going to lead because you have a shepherd's heart. He had an interesting flock, folks. Uh, He had people who were compromised and in distress and in debt and discontented. The good news that Jesus is sharing here with his disciples He said, listen, there's going to be times when it's going to put you out of your comfort zone. And he uses the word importunity. It's the only time in the New Testament. It means shamelessness, insistence, persistence, impudence, and troublesome. When you pray, when you're persistent, When you insist, uh, you'll get results. And what happened is this man kept knocking at his house. He said, I've got somebody that's in need. And if you're not willing to help, I don't know what I'm going to do. Listen, we can call ourselves apostolic Pentecostal. We can call ourselves one God, Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost. But if we miss the people in need, we're missing what the world needs. And he goes on and he says this. Ask, seek, knock. Those are a continual, that, that's continually happening. That's in the continuous tense. Not something that happened. It's something that is happening. Knock, ask, and seek are all happening. That's why you see in Matthew chapter 15, 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet 
uh, to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that hour. See, the story is in the Bible for everyone who has felt at any moment of their life that I feel like I'm just on the edge, the outside. I feel like I'm not, I'm not part of, I'm not included. This is what this woman felt like. She's crying and she's not getting an answer. Asked, that's what Jesus said to do. And she asked Jesus, and the scripture tells us that he didn't answer her. Seek. She began to persistently seek help from the disciples, but they tried to send her away. It's right in scripture, church. Knock. It's when uh, they even insulted her. Listen, you, you, you can't, you're not even supposed to be here. You're not even supposed to be talking to him. Listen, and you know what she did? She just kept on insisting. I've got an issue. And if I can't get it from him, I've got nowhere else to go. And he even went to the point of saying, the crumbs from the rich man's table. And he's speaking about it in these terms. And she is not deterred one bit. She said, even I should be able to get the crumbs from the rich man's table. And instantly, her insistence and persistence said, thy faith hath made her whole. There was a, a lesson that was being taught to the disciples, even that, in that moment. There's somebody coming. There's somebody asking. There's somebody that's seeking. There's somebody that's knocking. And it just seems like it's a waste of time. And God said, no, it's actually the opposite of that. It's, it's way past that. It's somebody who is in need. If we're not careful, we get so comfortable that we forget about the people that are in need. See, this lady wasn't even the most persistent person that the Lord gave an example of. Mark chapter 5, Jesus went with him. Much people followed him, thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, she had suffered many things and many physicians and spent all that she had. And she was nothing better but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch by his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that which was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague this woman had tried everything else she spent everything she had she went to all the doctors she knew 
And she had one last resort. She was a person in need. Twelve years she suffered with this plague. And she said, I'm not going to worry about what people think. I'm going to get to the person who can change my life. And she pressed through that crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. And immediately he knew something had gone out of him. The Bible says he said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples kind of make fun about it. What do you mean who touched your clothes? Look at all the people around you. Of course people are touching you. No, no, somebody touched me that was in need. And in that moment they learned the importance was not the crowd. The importance was not their reputation. The importance was none of those things. What was most important in that very moment is that Jesus got to touch somebody who was in need. Every one of us want an Acts 2 experience. We all get excited about Acts 2. I do. Do you get excited about Acts 2? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I mean, that's, that's part of what we... That's part of what we talk about. And we all want that, and rightfully so. But see, you got to go back to Luke 24. Before Jesus ascends, he's having conversations with his disciples. They still don't even believe that he's, I mean, that he's leaving. They're all still in dissension about what to do. I mean, you can't leave. This, this... No, I mean, they're, you, they're in this discussion, and it goes right into Acts 1. And they're, they're asking questions like, are you going to restore again the kingdom of Israel? Are we going to get back to the normal? How are we going to get back to what it always used to be? Are we just going to get back to our comfort zone? We want to get to Acts 2. But we got to deal with Acts 1. And Acts 1 is when they had to unify for the same reason before they ever could get to Acts 2. And it's only by verse 14 that they finally decide we're going to do this through prayer and supplication where we come together and unify. And for the next seven to ten days, they're in the upper room. They finally listen to what the Lord said. Go and wait for the promise. Go wait for the promise. Listen, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come to you. I'm coming to you with an outpouring of my spirit. But you've got to get yourselves together. And finally, about 120, the Bible says, gathered in that upper room. Disciples, mother of Jesus. I mean, there's a, about 120 of them, the Bible says. And they finally get there for the right reason at the same time. It's when they get that all straight. That's when 
they get together for an outpouring of God's Spirit for 3,000 people in need on the day of Pentecost. People are in need in this city. People are in need in this church. And we're not careful. We go day to day, week to week, month to month, and we can become oblivious to what's happening around us when there are people in need. I asked you, I asked you this morning, when is the last time that you were challenged in your spirit to help someone in need? It could be as simple as a phone call. It could be as nice as having a cup of coffee with someone. It could be as, as generous as dropping off a meal. It could, be, it could be as powerful as just spending an evening together. Oh, listen, I, God's, God's already dealing with me. Okay, I, he deals with me before I deal with you. Because if we're not careful, we can get so busy in life that we miss the people that are going right by us who are in need. And we become so blessed that we're fed. I won't say it about you, but I'm plump. And comfortable. But he didn't call me to be fed and plump and comfortable. He called me to be a person who's watching for those who are in need. Out of a simple conversation. A nice little text. An hour of your time. Maybe someone needs a drive to an appointment. Maybe someone needs something picked up at the grocery store. Maybe someone hasn't had a visit in months. Maybe someone hasn't been reached out to in a long time. Why don't you just take a little look at the, maybe a 15-foot radius of where you're sitting right now. And so you say, you know what? I'm going to take a little look at the 15-foot radius of where I am right now and I'm going to purpose over the next couple of weeks to just, you know what, connect with something. You might not even know their name. It's a powerful thing just to learn people's names. Man, it's awful quiet in here this morning. Seriously. Might need to have a, some music going or something. It can't be that you're sleeping. It's too cold. We've got it too cold for you to sleep. Can't be sleeping. Next thing I know, will be people bringing blankets. I mean, how about take a little look about the people around you in maybe a 15-foot radius and say, you know what? I'm going to reach out and just... Say something kind and send a nice little text and maybe just a little note to let you know you care about someone. 
Because if we can't do it in here, we're not going to do it out there. Okay, someone better get back to the music because I'm done my notes and I'm into meddling and that's not a good sign. Do we have someone playing? Not you, Eugene. You're not playing. Why don't you stand with me? See, whether it was the man at the door wanting some bread, whether it was David leading 400 people that no one would have made part of their army, no one. Whether it was the woman who just was so desperate for the daughter, or whether it's the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and couldn't get a, couldn't get a solution. Whatever, the, I mean, there's all kinds of dilemmas. There's all kinds of situations. But it could be just someone in the sanctuary this morning that says, you know what, I'm, I don't feel connected enough. I don't feel like I'm, I'm part of you. I don't feel like I'm, I'm making the, the right connections. Yeah. It could be that simple. If we're going to be a church, an apostolic church, we got to notice the people in need. Standing around us, sitting around us, living beside us, working with us, uh, on the street corner. Uh, whatever the situation is, oh God, open my eyes. Open my spiritual eyes this morning. Open my heart. Open my mind. Open my spirit, God, to see individuals in need. Can I tell you, as soon as I say that, I know there's people who think that it's only financial. Financial could be one way, but that's, there's a lot of needs people have besides financial. Some people just need a friend. Some people just need someone to talk to. Someone maybe just needs to know someone cares. God, I pray for every person. Every person in this sanctuary right now. Everybody that's watching or listening online, God. I pray for every individual, every family member. God, I pray for every adult, every young person, every child. God, you know the situations, the circumstances, God, that people are dealing with even this morning. God, I'm praying that your mighty power and spirit would reach out and minister into people's hearts and minds right now. God, that they see people in need. Maybe across the aisle. Maybe someone behind them. Lord, maybe someone that lives close to them. Someone that works with them. we make it a way more difficult than it should be can I just simplify it for you this morning I was standing at the bottom of the driveway and I did have to leave a little bit early because I was opening the service this morning I like to stay there even for the late folks 
But I, 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 was, I was there, and a man came walking. He went to walk across the, the roadway. And I'm not going to stand there and let someone walk across the roadway and not talk to them. So I, I asked him how his day was and give an answer. And he was going to keep walking because he thought that was maybe all I was going to say. Well, he didn't know me very well. And he's a man from the Congo. Got his name. He's learning English. Speaks mostly French. I had my French challenge this morning, I'll tell you. And I told him, I, I made this mistake. Parlez français un petit peu. And then he thought I could speak French really well. And he started talking to me only in French. And I could understand what he was saying. He wanted me to pray for him at the church this morning. And I said, I'll, he's asking me in French and I'm responding to him in English. I said, yeah, I'll pray for you this morning at church. Would you pray for Joseph? I don't know his need this morning. But I invited him to the house of the Lord. I let him know there's a, a church full of people that will love on him and pray for him and care about him this morning. Hallelujah. It better be that we see people in need. Oh, God, I pray for Joseph right now. God, he gave me his address. I'm able to go visit him. God, you told me his name. I'm able to call out his name in prayer this morning. God, would you allow your mighty power and spirit to reach down and touch Joseph today? God, I don't know personally, but God, I know you know him. I know you know him this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. asked him how long he's been in Canada this was the part that bothered me the most he said I've been here six years I thought he's been here six years and I haven't met him yet I hadn't had a chance to invite him to church before today he's been here six years oh God open my eyes open my spiritual eyes God. open my spiritual eyes God of the people that live right around this church People that maybe are in need this morning. Don't, don't come to church and get too comfortable. Don't come to church and receive too much bread for yourself. Don't come just for yourself. Let it be that there's people in need. They may even be sitting not too far from you. They may be in contact with you on a regular basis. God, open our eyes to people in need this morning. I just open this altar right now. For everybody that has the same desire, same desire as I'm expressing to you this morning, the same desire that this church needs to represent and be, the same desire for individuals that you come in contact with, that you desire to become better, that you become that you become more knowledgeable, that you become where you can see clearly people in need around you. I'm looking for an altar full of people this morning. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to step out of your seat and say, God, I want to help people in need. I want to help people, God, that even 
even sent around me, God. I want to be a friend. I want to be someone, God, that they can talk to. Someone, God, that they can make acquaintance with. Oh, God, open my eyes to people who are in need this morning. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.